Thanks for joining us today for the Anchor Daily. We are reading through the books of Acts, learning about the early church and the unstoppable power of the gospel. Listen close as we dive deep into Luke's and Paul's accounts. Hello, podcast friends and family. This is Angie, and I am super pumped to chat with you today as we reflect on our journey through Acts chapters 1 through 4. Have you ever been part of what I would call a Genesis moment, where suddenly there is something present that was absent before? Like what God did in the first chapter of Genesis, when He created all things from nothing, when He said, let there be, and there was. Maybe it was when a child was born into your family, when you first met him or her and felt your heart explode with love for someone that wasn't there before. Maybe it was when a new house was built, as it went from an empty dirt lot to becoming your dream home. Maybe it was something creative, when you took a blank page, a blank canvas, or a simple ball of clay, and you turned that nothingness into a masterpiece. Friends, that's exactly what was happening in those first four chapters of Acts. The church was birthed. Where there was no organized body of believers, there were suddenly thousands. Where there was confusion about what was truth, Peter and John dropped truth bombs all over Jerusalem, revealing the power of the Holy Spirit among the early church. As you remember, 10 days after the ascension of Jesus, the promise of the Holy Spirit was fulfilled and the disciples were suddenly empowered. 3,000 of the lost responded immediately to Peter's powerful sermon, followed by the dramatic healing of a lame man that resulted in several thousand more gospel responses. It was too much for the religious leaders of the day and Peter and John were thrown into prison. But their witness in Jerusalem was so effective that they were released as the religious leaders couldn't deny the miracles and salvations that were growing around them. The imprisonment only rallied the local believers more as they became more united in prayer and more united in purpose. As we will read in the chapters to come, this allowed the early church's witness to expand into Judea and Samaria and then to the ends of the earth, just as Jesus proclaimed in Acts 1.8. The message was simple but profound. The promise of God in the Old Testament had been fulfilled. The promised Messiah had come in Jesus of Nazareth. All who heard the message should repent and be baptized. The Holy Spirit had transformed a small group of 12 fearful, uncertain men into a thriving worldwide church movement. Let there be, and there was. I wonder what that must have felt like for those early believers. New, exciting, hopeful? Well, we get a glimpse in Acts 4.23 when Peter and John were released from prison and went back to their own people. The believers did not become fearful uncertain, or give up because of that initial persecution. They raised their voices together in prayer and entrusted themselves to Jesus, to the mission, and to each other. It is a beautiful picture of how the church began. How has the church survived? From the beginning, the focus was on Jesus, on His mission to save the world through His birth, death, 
resurrection, and return. The Big C Church has survived almost 2,000 years of transitions, persecutions, wars, pandemics, and politics because God is bigger than all of those things. And the church will continue to survive in spite of all that Satan has attempted to hinder in the church and hinder in people coming to Christ. Nothing, nothing will hinder the return of Jesus Christ to ultimately establish his kingdom on earth. That was the hope set before the disciples and the early church. It is the hope set before us. Remember after that new baby came, that new house was built, or that new masterpiece was created? The work did not stop when that new thing was birthed. The birth was only the beginning. Until that day comes when Christ returns, we have so much mission to do as the church through the power of the Holy Spirit. Just as the early believers did in Acts, we must set aside our differences and preferences in order to remain united on mission, in order to advance the cause of Christ, not the cause of me or you. There are so many who need the hope that you and I carry. Non-believers, refugees, those caught up in addictions, the hurting, the homeless, the widow, the orphan, the list is long and our time short. Thus, at Bethel, we pursue the 3630 in our local area. And we do so not for Bethel, but for the cause of Christ. It's for the mission set forth by the early church as they gathered and proclaimed the Messiah, as they fellowshiped, served, and grew together in their faith, hope, and love for Jesus and each other. We see this almost 30 years later in Philippians 2, as Paul promoted unity among the Philippi church saying, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. Father, the early church had one united focus, Jesus. May the same be said for our church too. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Listen tomorrow as we encourage each other through God's word. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we would love to continue to grow with you. We'd also like a chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you can find all sorts of ways to serve, worship, and learn together.